Hello, guys, and thank you for joining me. Season one, episode 73 of Chat with Matt. Now, today I caught up with Loma Lita Moala. He's a super coach. He's just hit 10K followers on Instagram. Give him a follow. Loma Lita Moala. I'll link it in the show notes. But um, yeah, guys, today was um it was a great episode. We caught up with Loma. We spoke about you know, his road to the Commonwealth Games, getting a medal, fighting Lomachenko. And for those that don't know who Lomachenko is, he's an OG in the boxing game. He's a world champion. He's the most successful Olympian ever to lace up the gloves. Who can say they've been in the ring with him? He's been around guys like Anthony Joshua. You know, like some people talk, this guy's lived it. So getting, get, you know, getting in the mindset of someone who's done it, man, or something special. And uh, you can really see this guy's passion, his energy radiates, and man, we it flowed for like an hour. So it was a great episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Like I say, if you haven't paid the fee, the podcast is free. That rhymes. Yeah, Eminem in the house. Uh, yeah, guys, just subscribe to the podcast and uh, leave me a five-star rating review. It really helps me get the listens up. The, the listens are going well, so I really appreciate it, guys. You're doing the job. I'm getting the reviews up. And, um, you know, numbers are rising. So I really appreciate the support I'm getting. Um, we put a lot into this podcast. I absolutely love it. It's my passion project, like I always say. So, guys, follow Loma. Give him support. He works out of PCYC, Cabramatta, the super coach, the one, the only Loma Lido. Enjoy, guys. It's two Commonwealth Games. I've won one medal at one Commonwealth's. Been to world champs. Um, I fought the great, I fought the great Vassal Lomachenko. Um, and at one of my Commonwealths, I fought Josh Taylor. I lost him in the semifinals. Now he's a unified world champion. So he ended up winning the Muhammad Ali, like the World Series boxing tournament. And he ended up walking away, not with just the bouts, but he walked away with $22 million. Wow. So this guy only just beat me at the Commonwealths. And yeah, now he's a world champ. So he signed with. Um, ESPN um, just this year. So he's already world champion at 15 fights. When I fought him, I knew the kid was good anyway. So, um, yeah, so I earned my right to fight him in the semis. Um, now I I work full-time at the PCYC. Um, I have my own uh, private uh, personal training business as well, which is going very well. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening. Um, yeah, just fucking during COVID, eh? like everyone's losing their jobs or getting stood down. Um, I'm the type of guy um, when pressure, like when push comes to shove or there's pressure, like I'm the type that comes twice as hard. So I'm not sitting back collecting a paycheck from the government. I'm actually working my ass off. Yeah. (laughs) What got you started in boxing, man? How did you get started? How old were you? So I was about, I was 11 years old. Um, I was back in New Zealand. So I'm from New Zealand with Tongan heritage. Um, Rocky, stop it. I'm talking. (laughs) Bring him on too, bro. Bring him on. Yeah, so I started off. So I was playing uh, rep rugby union and then dad thought, you know, maybe I'll do some boxing for some fitness. Um, But my brother, my little brother wanted to do boxing first before I did. I was, I'm not the, I'm a, I'm a nice kid. I wasn't very the violent type of kid. Um, So I ended up going to the boxing gym and literally the first week I started boxing, the boxing coach come up to me. And he goes, do you want to fight? And I was just like, oh, yeah. And then literally the next week, I had my first fight. It was about 36 kilos. So I ended up going, I lost, I, yeah, and then I lost my first fight. But um, 
my dad thought if I got in and I get bashed, I'll give the sport away. But I think I've, I've got a bit of heart and I've got a bit of mongrel. So I ended up sticking with the sport and then I ended up just excelling at it. So um, now when I look back and especially with that coach, maybe he did see something in me that I was brewing to be, you know, I was going to do well in my amateur career. And yeah. then it just, it just went from there. So I started, yeah, I was about 12 years and then I turned 12 and then I moved over here to Sydney when I was 16 years old. And then, mm. then you took it to the next level once you reached Sydney, yeah? Yeah. So when I came here, like, um, and, and I, did, I just did a talk with Petition Brothers the other day at the Fairfield Pats. And I said, I asked everyone, I go, Who, who's heard of the, the rock story of the $7 in the pocket story? And everyone's like, pretty much everyone's like, yeah. And I said, well, I slept on a concrete ground for two years. No mattress, no bed, no nothing. You know, so my parents sacrificed a lot for me. Uh, to excel in my career, so we gave, they gave up their good jobs and stuff. So we came over here, um, and you know, my dad come out like years later saying, you know what, there was not some some nights I didn't know whether you're gonna make it or not because for kids to to shift over from New Zealand to Sydney to chase the dream is is a big you know is a big deal. And um, you know, my parents were you know we're working class, so um, I tell everyone like uh, my parents used to save up their whole wage for two weeks to send me overseas so I could compete in tournaments and they'll li literally live off noodles for the whole week you know what I'm saying that's that was the sacrifice they made for me but it ended up paying dividends in the end anyway so um for me I felt like I had a purpose because there's there was no option in losing because my parents had gave everything up just for me you know what I'm saying and you know you know when kids you know kids change their undies nearly every day like every second so they thought maybe I'll throw boxing away, but I had to keep at it because, um, you know, the way my parents had brought me up, they didn't want me to go through the cycle that they went through. So yeah. I always had that mentality to strive and do better, you know, and, and, and still like that today, even though I'm not fighting, I'm always looking to be better. I'm always looking to evolve. Um, I don't make no excuses. I learn from my mistakes. And I think uh, the struggles, you know, like that's why the top athletes, business people and whoever you are, the ones who, who, who handle pressure the best um, are made as diamonds, not the other way around. Because pressure, like for me, I thrive on pressure. So my whole life, I've always dealt with pressure. Um, you know, when it comes to bills or whatever, like I've just, you know what, whatever it takes, I'll get it done. Yeah, that's it. And I think it takes, an, it's another kettle of fish, bro, boxing. Man, honestly, it's something, yeah. it's something I wanted to do, bro. Like, but, like five or six years ago, I wanted my first amateur fight. And then... um. I was sparring and I did rib cartilage and I was out for six weeks and I was just like, fuck, ah, is this for me, bro? <laughs> yeah. like, and honestly, like, I, I respect anyone who's gotten the ring, bro, because it does uh, a different, like, a different mindset, bro. Yeah, and then, like, like you said, like, um, you know, people, when they do first try boxing, it's, it's more than just the physical aspect. It's, like, the mental, the emotions, um, the effort that you put in. That's why, like, I stuck with boxing because... I didn't want to depend on anyone else. And if you know me, I'm, I'm heaps introverted. So everything reflects back on me. And I'd rather take the blame or I'll get the credit. I hated team sports um, because I used to yell. If you know, I yell at everyone, man. I must be the Cancerian in me. You know, like I'm so passionate. Yeah. Um, so that's why I like, and it is like boxing's, you know, and people who do want to take up the sport. I, my, my, my tip is enjoy the sport before anything else because, it is a different type of beast and animal once you once you take that path. Yeah, definitely, bro. Definitely. <laughs> um, so, what happened after the Commonwealth Games, bro? Was there a point so where after, you thought, man, you wanted to go to coaching, or did you want to take it to professional? I after the Commonwealth Games, I think 
for me, it was more of a burnout because I had traveled around the world. I had sparred the best around the world. I've been to training camps. I've sparred. Uh, years later, I'm finding out guys that I sparred with in training camps are beating um, a couple of Cubans. And I knew it wasn't just me getting bashed in the sparrings. I knew that it was good. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it was just the burnout in there. And I think that's why you got to give credit to guys like Mayweather, you know, the ones who have boxed 20 years plus because their motivation must be very different. Like, I think for them, it's all about legacy. That's what keeps them going. For me, um, I was kind of burnt, getting burnt out from the traveling. I think um, I just hated a sport, like, on my personal life, especially with my old man. So I ended up just throwing it away. Um, I did what I had to do, but I was smart enough to have a backup plan because if you know in boxing, every boxer who's trying to make it puts all the eggs in one basket, but they don't have a backup plan. So for me... I didn't want to do personal training. I just, I hate the word personal training. I'd rather be the super coach. That's what it is. If you're good at something and you're passionate, I just, I just call myself a super coach. I hate PT because there's so many PTs. Yeah. But um, I go to, so I ended up going, I ended up doing the personal training. And then I like, I like training people. I like mentoring them. And then I got, I just, I got used to, um, I just like training fighters. And then um, I just had to rediscover myself. And that way, I knew I had a backup plan if I didn't want to go pro or whatever. Um, I don't have any regrets from not turning professional because I don't know if anyone follows that Tony Jeffries. Ex the reason why, like, Bro, he I'm doesn't go... I going to mention him, man, because I interviewed him on, the, on my podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so his, his, his reason is probably, like, my, is the exact same reason. Like, if you go professional, but this is what the fighters have to understand. There's a lot of fighters that are coming to me and they're going, you know what, I want to turn pro. I go, why do you want to turn pro? And they're like, oh, and I know, it's, it's, they see the, the glitz and the glamour and the fame. It's not like that. You have to build your pedigree first. You've got to make a com games. You've got to make an Olympics. You, got, you know, you got to, it's like a resume. The more you have, then the more value you have. A lot of them want to turn pro. They haven't even done anything. I'm like, set the, set the, the bar high, achieve that. And then, you know what, when you go pro, then it's easy for promoters to come and look at it. And, there's no money at the start unless you're like a, a Anthony Joshua or, you know, like we got Australia's one, Justice Hooney. He's probably going to get good money anyway. He's doing well. Yeah. But it's very, very hard. So the boxers have to understand like what they have to fall back on. If, you know, if you, if, if you, if you put all your eggs in one basket, sometimes it's not pay off because it's a very high risk sport, but a low return, like meaning, you know, you might get a little back. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, you got to know your return of investment kind of thing. So it's like, so for me, I was smart enough to do that. But when I look back, I don't have regrets because I can die easy knowing that I'm at peace with that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like, when I get older and I'm at my deathbed, I don't have to have any regrets because I'm, I'm happy what I'm doing now. And that's, um, you know, training clients and members to be the best version of themselves. It doesn't matter if it's boxing. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I get, because I have to get them on the emotional level because, I feel like I can relate to them because I've been through that 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 hard struggle, you know. But the struggle is what makes character. Definitely, bro. And you've been in there, you know what I mean? You've been yeah. in there. It's not like you you fucking went to TAFE and you got a certification and you just started coaching. <laughs> yeah. You've been in You've been in the arena. Yeah. And then after that, so like after um, when I did have a, like a hiatus from um, boxing, I, I worked every shit job there was. I don't laugh at people for the work that they have. I've worked as a cleaner. I've done brick laboring. I've done brick laying. I've done every job under the sun I've done. I've done sales, you know, um, everything, you know. But 
in the end, the ultimate reality reality was boxing was always there for me, and that's why I'm doing so well. Because that's I had to go through that stage, and I didn't know I was going through like a silent depression until my wife made ultimatum with me because it was killing her. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know what I was doing, but I'll, I've always worked hard. But then I realized boxing was always there, so that's why I became a coach, and I knew I could. Um, make a living out of it and do well and produce good fighters that are coming through now. But um, yeah, all those tough, all those tough jobs and that has made me. And I, I never laugh at anyone for whatever. If you're a cleaner or whatever, I will never laugh at you because you know what happened when COVID hit? Everyone that had the office jobs lost their jobs or got stood down. And every essential worker, the cleaners, the shelf stackers, they all were in business. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and they kept I never. Yeah, and I'm like, I never, because, you know, you'll get those guys that talk poppy syndrome, they go, oh, yeah, I work in the office, and I'm like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. I don't give a shit, man. Like, at the end of the day, I've realized, like, in every shit job that I've done, it's you're putting food on the table to, to feed your own mouth or to pay the bills. That's what it is. And I've had I've had students, like, in my year at school, used to laugh at me because I dropped out of school. You know what I'm saying? And then now I'm doing better than them. Like, if I'm driving my Porsche down, Cabramatta Road, they see me and they just burn. And I'm like, yeah, what happened to your 90% UAI? Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, I had a hard work ethic. I worked harder than everyone else. And that's why I, I don't deserve it. I earned what I get now. That's so true, bro. Like, it's um, like, like, like a lot of people talk about knowledge, bro. But if you don't fucking yeah, apply yeah. it, it means shit. You can keep consuming yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, keep learning, bro. But if you're not putting it into action, like, one thing with me, bro, when COVID hit, I was like, all right, man, my gym's closed down. What do I do? Man, yeah. I had, not even 24 hours, bro. I'm like, all right, I'm going online, bro. I had 10 hours. Bang. Uh. Transitioned online. And then now I've switched my whole business model up too, bro. Like, I'm doing small groups. Yeah. Because I've got to pivot. And, like, uh. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, what, do I, what if I do this? I go, nah, fuck, just do it. And then figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what it is. It's like, um, and they say, like, every Great Depression there was, even in the, after the Second World War, I think Walt Disney, they weren't doing well, but he actually hustled when, you know, when they, no one had money, you know what I'm saying? They reckon, like, millionaires and billionaires are born during these times because they actually work and don't let shit get to them, you know what I'm saying? Where I hate it with people, like, you know, like, <clears throat> you'll get the guys that are like, oh, it's all right, I'll collect money from the government because that's easy money. I'm playing on Xbox and this couple are like, oh, it's easy money, just, you know, collect money and I just play Xbox all day. Like, life's not meant to be like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, it shows people's true characters when the pressure is on, eh? Yeah, definitely, man. It shows. Now, your style of coaching, bro, I've seen a lot of your stuff on Instagram, bro, you get up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, just, to, just tell the listeners, bro, so what's your approach to coaching? Because, um, man, I... I respect it, bro, because boxing, and one thing I've seen in the past is coaches throw people in the ring, and I've seen it. Bro. Yeah, because you know what it is? It's because they don't care. They don't yeah. care about your progress. They don't care about your well-being. I give a shit. I actually care for all my students. That's why I'm like the way I am. So my coaching style, I'm more like, you know when you see like Des Hasler and Craig Bellamy get mad? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm that type in the, <laughs> I'm that type behind closed doors. I'm, I, I don't, I don't yell because I'm hating at someone. I'm, yell I'm yelling because I'm passionate and I'm trying to get my point across and I'm trying to point out the force so you don't make that same mistake. Because yeah. some, some uh, especially for me, I know, what it, I know what quality looks like at the highest level. So right now as a coach, I've had to like come down to make sure I have to bring everyone up nice and rightly. 
And the way I train people is, even if it's not boxing, it's like I said before, it's just be a better, be the best version of yourself. Like do your best. And that's all we can ask for. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying your best and you give maximum effort, that's what I want because I hate guys that um, they're half ass. And if one thing is, if they hit the bag and they hit the bag and they look like their body language is like, oh, I hate that, man. I can't make someone out of that. If I see someone, they're tired on the back, but they're giving their effort their best, that's what I can make a champion out of. And it doesn't matter if you've got talent or no talent, because at the end of the day, it's the hard work you put in. Just give me a sec, Matt. Yeah, you're right, bro. All good. <laughs> Anything goes on this podcast, bro. Anything goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so continuing on. Yeah. Um, also, like, I, I trained by, like, um, I pass on my experience. So whatever helped me get to that level, I try, I pass on that knowledge um, what, and what works and what doesn't work. And as a coach, you always have to evolve because there's, um, there's always someone out there that's better than you or people are just, up, it's like upskilling. So um, if you read more books, so say you read one book, it's like 30 years of knowledge. So I'm always trying to upskill because, I'm trying to stay ahead of my competition. Um, I get up early in the morning because I'm trying to stay ahead. I'm, I'm the type of guy, I'm very competitive. I, I have to be number one. There's no other option. If I don't reach number one, then it's, a, it's failure for me because the clarity is if you train with me or anyone that comes to meet me is you have to be the best. And then that's it. You've got to aim high. I hate, I hate small thinkers. Um, I'm, I like people who actually work hard and they dream big, but they actually... Um, they're, they're performing to, they're, if you set the bar high, then that's how hard they have to work. Where people set the bar high, then they work like this small. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like they, just the last talk, and they just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, like talk is, talk is cheap, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's another thing to do. The, the hustle is sold separately, you know what I'm saying? So for me, and I've, <clears throat> even I'll tell you one story now, like I was over in London and I couldn't afford to bring my, my, my missus at the time over. And I was on a bus three years ago in London and I wrote a hundred million dollar check to myself and I said in three years I have to make this type of money so the three years had gone past now but the money that I'm making now and the things are happening in my life even though it's not a hundred mil I'm outperforming everyone else in what I'm doing <clears throat> um, and the things that I have planned like I'm, I'm ready for the next step in my life as well so I'm always setting goals and that way when you set a goal then you know how hard you got that time because you you can set a goal, but people don't put timelines, so they don't, they don't, they don't have that urgency to hustle. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we don't get any younger man. So it's like, and another effect for me is when I coach, I go, "Do you guys want to be remembered when you guys leave this planet or this earth?" You know what I'm saying? How are you gonna be remembered? Are you gonna be like everyone else that you just your name dies in the dust, or you're gonna be remembered for something that you're gonna have a, a lasting uh, image in someone's head, or you know, a thought? You know what I'm saying? So. I'm very like deep and like when it comes to training, I'm very, I, 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 I'm very emotional. And then that's how I'm getting the best out of my students. Like I got one Sudanese kid, he's doing very well. And what, what grabbed my heart was, and it made me tear up. He goes, you know what, when he told the class, he goes, the reason why I want to make it is because back in, Sud in Sudan, we don't know if we're going to live the next day. And when he said, we don't know we're going to live the next day, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this guy just pulled a heartstring cord in my heart, like, you know, because they got a purpose, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So everything you do, and, and you know, in your life, there's a purpose behind 
why you're achieving all that stuff because maybe you had no money maybe your girlfriend said you're a fucking loser or you know what i'm saying like you have to grab that purpose and that's what that's the missing essence sometimes when the kids come in and they're good they're this and that they're missing something because sometimes the purpose is not and the conviction is not strong enough for them to to strive for better so you know in this country it doesn't matter oh, i lose a fight it's all right i've got a job i'm a lawyer or whatever where these this like this sudanese kid here he didn't know he was gonna he, you know, they've seen stuff that we I can't even imagine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so right. there's no really Yeah, man. And, and and like and it's like these Sudanese kids, it's like they they're in a country where there's a civil war, but it's like if you're religious or whatever, it's like God gave them a gift in sport, you know what I'm saying, for their hard struggles and you know, and then this kid, man, I was like when he said that, I was like, and that's why you're gonna make it, because you didn't know you were gonna live tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And it, it rips you, you know what I'm saying? And he's, he's got that reminder, <clears throat> bro. It's, it's huge, man. Yeah. Bro, I love how you wrote that thing down, man. I did the same thing, bro. Like when I was broke, yeah. I sat down, I wrote 100,000. I'm going to make 100,000, yeah. you know. I'm going to have a I'm gonna have a house. I'm going to work with NRL players. It's just crazy, yeah. bro. And, and like you kind of lose focus of it. You're not looking at it every day. But then yeah. bro, it just happens, man. But you do the work every day. The little, the uh. little fucking steps every day, bro, you know. Mm. But that's what it is, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta have, you gotta hold yourself accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, man. Like, yeah, talk is cheap, bro. But like, that's what sets us apart from everyone else because they're not putting the work. They're not holding themselves accountable. Um, when tough times get hard, they they want to break. They don't. It's like they don't know what persistence and perseverance means. They talk about it, but they're not doing it themselves. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And that's why I say pressure in a good way creates diamonds. Pressure in a bad way burst pipes. Yes, bro. So true, man. Oh, bro, I love that. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, does, that hit me in the face, bro. But um, <laughs> yeah, and that, bro, like even in a lot of my content, like I, I write shit up there and I'm like, man, I'm not just writing this. Like, I fucking. Yeah, you're that. speaking by experience. Bro, people must read it or it flies over people's heads and I'm like, man, like, fucking. Bro, six years ago I was a Tyler and I, bro, I had nothing. Uh. Like, Oh, yeah, I had, yeah. A, I had a home, you know. I was living at home. My yeah. Family, you know, but <clears throat> I was spending everything I had, bro. I had no savings and uh. bro, I, put a, I took a total different direction in my life. And, man, it just just pays off, eh? And that's what I try and talk yeah. about. Like, even with business. It's all, like one, yeah, and it's all because you've switched your mindset, you know. It's all, like, here. So true, man. And that's why I love it, bro. That's why, like, I connect with you, bro, because I see the shit you're doing and I see where you've come yeah. from. <laughs> It's awesome to see, bro. And it, all it is is putting that focus, like, for example, in sports, <clears throat> bro, you were an Olympian. Oh, oh sorry, <clears throat> Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games. Focus into our coaching, bro. That same energy. Yeah. Mm. And that's what it is. Like, for me, that's why I'm so passionate in what I do. And I tell, I tell all my members, I go, if I can teach you guys what I've gone through and you guys apply it to your everyday life, you will do it in half the time I did it in. You know, like, oh, you guys are lucky um, that I've... I, I, w I wasn't fortunate enough to have a guy like me telling myself this, you know, and that's what I feel now, the students and the members, because it's more than just training, man. It's it's your mind, body, and soul. Like, everything has to, like, sink in one, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like in boxing, everyone's like, yeah, train hard, train hard, train hard, but what's the mental warfare, like, in their head going through, you know? Like, everyone's minds are, are so different, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like one guy can look good, like, you know, when they're not in the ring, get in the ring, as soon as like they get a bit of pressure, then they start to be like they start to act like a cat in water. When you chuck the cat in the water, water they freak out, you know. So 
everything's like minor stuff in I've had to learn like emotional intelligence because I used to get so emotional like if I had a loss because I was so used to winning in the amateurs now last year I had to I, I know I've excelled as a coach because I've had to deal with those losses and learn a lot about myself because I don't I had to go hang on a minute like I have to learn how to lose now you know what I'm saying like and I've accepted that because the boys are not gonna replicate like what I've done but they'll get there but like I've had to take my losses and learn like what losing is about because in, in everyday life anyway, like, we lose all the time anyway, but we have to still win while we feel like we're losing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, bro. Um, now, man, where do you want to take this in the future, Loma? So, for me, I've, I've, I've got big ideas. Like, I've got big ideas that I'm working, I'm working hard towards now. So, um, for me, like, for boxing, it's more in the next couple of years, I want to have at least a couple of guys that are in their Australian team to make a Commonwealth and Olympics. Um, and in the stables that I have right now, um, most the majority of them, they want to turn pro, but I've made sure the, the clarity is that they have to make a Com Games or World Champs in, a, in the Olympics before we tackle the big fish. Because for me, um, if we can't clean up our own backyard, then the, the, the chances of us going overseas is very low because the fish are a lot bigger overseas. They're, they're more war-hardened. They've got better competition. Um, you know, they've got good coaches. Um, so for me, like, and, and I want to be one of, like, if anyone knows boxing, uh, the one that trained Manuel Lopez, Marquez, or whatever his name is, that fought Pacquiao fourth time, um, his trainer, Nacho Beristin, I want to be like him. I want to have, like, 20 world champions. But technically, I should box now if I wanted to, but I'm starting so young. So my goal is when, within five years, at least I'll have um, a couple of representatives on that elite level, and then I'll have some pros, and I want to produce world champions. That's it. I'm not... I'm not here to muck around. If I ain't big when I was coming through the ranks, even though I'm not fighting now, my idea is I want to be one of the best young coaches coming through in the world. It's huge, bro. I can see the passion behind you, man. <laughs> yeah. It's not like custom Otherwise, market, there's no point. Otherwise, no point trying, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I do anything, I have to be the best. And, um, and I'm willing to help anyone, you know what I'm saying? And I'm finding now there's a lot of fighters that are coming over from other gyms. They're going, hang on a minute. Like, this guy makes sense. And, now I'm using his stuff and it actually works. So they're starting to question themselves, you know? And I'm like, well, I'm a realist, man. I'll just tell you how it is. Like, I'm not sugarcoat. I'm not the sugarcoat type of guy. I'm black and white. That's it. Yeah. I can see that, bro. I can see that. But um, <laughs> even, like, I've been to a few fight nights, you know? Um, and, and the respect of trainers, man. Like, a lot of people say, all right, this guy, you know, he's a, he's a shit trainer. This guy's good, bro. I can see yeah. your reputation, man. And you really take pride, bro. Because it is, it's yeah. thing, bro, when you're a coach. Like, even for me, man, like, my form, my thing is, bro, if I'm going to put something on, if you're, if you're my client, you should be moving properly, bro. If yeah. If, you're, if your form's shit and you walk into a gym after and people are like, where do you train now? I trained at Matt's. They're like, what the fuck? Yes. You look yeah. like you've never trained and in your life. Bro, that's, the, that's a pride thing, bro. And, like, I coach yeah. them like, like it's day one. Like, bro, I'll be demoing a push-up. Clients have been with me for three, four years, and they're like, Fuck, man, I've heard this a million times. I'm like, yeah, man, if I'm still learning it, you can still learn it too, man. Yeah, no, you're right, because you're exactly how I am. It's like, because your students, your members represent yourself, because you're the brand. Um, they go, and like you said, like for me, if, if my fighters go out and they shadow box and do it, they do a clip online, and people see how good, I want them to, their, their friends ask, where are you getting coached at? And they're like, from one leader. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that guy. Like, Everything's about you take pride in your work. You know what I'm saying? 
yeah. your teachings reflect in your students. That's why if I post something up, it has to be very good because I've got like Olympians, gold medalists, world champs that watch my page. I don't want the worst they perform like bad and then guys are like, you know what, Lomu was a good fighter, but man, he's a shit coach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now when I look at and when I look at like other coaches, like when they do their stuff, some stuff I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> the best thing is, and I tell my students, I go, you want to know how good you are? Ask your trainer to shadow box for you. Tell them to shadow box for a minute. And if they shadow box crap and it doesn't look good, well, that's what you're going to learn. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, bro, man. Because you're only, you're, only you're only as good as your master, you know what I'm saying? But even as a master, you still have to evolve because the students start to get good. So you have to evolve with them. You know what I'm saying? Some so, people that get to that point and they're stuck, you know, instead of going right through, you know what I'm saying? So true, man. That's why upskilling too, man. Like I'm always listening to audio and I'm like, how can I do that better? Like, bro, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a mad man. It wasn't until I had my mentor, bro. I was in America and I'm like, bro, I got this thing where I'm watching Netflix with my missus and I'm fucking thinking about new exercises or nutrition protocols and shit. And he's like, that's me too, bro, you know? Like, you can't... It's hard to switch off, bro. Yeah, it's so bad. It's like, because we're so obsessed with it. It's like, sometimes, like, I feel bad. Like, am I, sometimes I don't, ha I, have, I don't spend time with my wife because I'm trying to do something else that's trying to um, benefit for what I'm trying to achieve, you know? Sometimes bad, eh? Hey, can't even switch off. <laughs> you're always going and going. <laughs> yeah, man. So how, many, so how many kids you've got at the moment that you're training that are at an elite level that you're going to... i got... I think I've got I some nights I could train up to 50, 60 students a night. Yeah, um, thinking, bro. I see it, man. You're doing good. Yeah, man. bro. So yeah, and we and I'm not even slowing. Like I got, I'm pumping so much. But the thing is, I got with kids. I've got about maybe ten of them. The the freaky thing is, they're only novices, but they perform a lot better than what how they fight or how they move because the schooling's right. I've schooled them the right way, so they've they've got their head start. Um, I've got maybe about three or four at, at youth level that could win a nationals within the next year. Yeah. Um, and then I've got my, my and people see on my clip, like my Rolls Royce of the team is my super heavyweight, Aiden. He's only boxed a year and four months, but there's a lot of coaches coming up to me about him. Um, he's only had six fights, but his last three loss, the last loss he had, he fought a very good kid in Xavier Vaa. So Xavier is like one of Justice Huni's main sparring partners. So I went up and I said, and a lot of people told me not to go, not to take this fight. We took it because we knew Aiden could step up. Aiden lost a fight on a close fight, but for his experience and what he's doing now, I see a similar thing when I first met Anthony Joshua before he had made it big. And I see the same thing in this Aiden. So everyone in my team knows Aiden is my Rolls Royce. Um, I reckon he's a guy in the next, apart from Justice Winnie, I reckon in the next couple of years, this, everyone remember the name, Aiden Memovich. I'm telling you now, I've seen a lot of similarities between him and Anthony Joshua. That's why I got the pick of Anthony Joshua before he even made it big because I've seen something in him and I'm like, this guy is going to be a superstar. And that's the same like chills I get with this, this, guy, this super I've got right now. And then I've got Malcolm Mathis. He's a youth Olympian. So I've got a very strong stable. So, I find it the more good boys that they help sharpen each other up and that way the level grows. And then I've just made like the boxing club, like a, a hard club to beat. Yeah. I love it, bro. Yeah. Anthony Joshua, man. I remember I put a post up. I share it every year, bro. When he first won his, his little mini titles, I go, man, yeah. he's going to be a future world champion, bro. 
he just had something special, bro. Like he was, he was very cool, bro. Very calm, mm. and he, he just didn't let shit get to him. I know he slipped no. up with Ruiz, but he looked a bit too chilled that fight. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, I love him. But bro, just going back to uh, Lomachenko, bro. What was it like being in the ring with him? Because he's a <laughs> he's a robot, that guy, man. <laughs> he's just he's just this... taking this. So this guy here, I'll tell you, I've got a few stories on this guy. <laughs> so I remember the first day, like, we're all going to the weigh-in. And, you know, like, and everyone knows, like, at the time in the world, like, if you're in the boxing scene, everyone knows who Lomachenko is. He's already superstar in the amateurs. But he hadn't made his big on the world stage. Star back then? Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't, a, yeah, but he was a YouTube star, but everyone knew he was good. Yeah. And I remember walking out, and I remember walking out of the bus, and I seen him, I'm like, shit, I was like starstruck, you know? Like, and it wasn't just me, it was like all the other boys had never seen him before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there he is, there he is. And he's got this like bright, like Ukrainian, um, like, it was like, I don't know what top he was wearing, it was like freaking mad. And he had style about him, you know? He loves his shoes. And, and then what happened was we get to the weigh-in and we're sitting down and he walks past us and I was sitting next to a guy from England. His name is Martin Ward. I think he's ranked. He'd be in the top 10 in the world, but in the super featherweights. Oh, yeah. I was sitting next to him and there was another guy that won the Youth Olympian gold and he was this little little stocky Lithuanian dude. Anyways, Lomachenko walks past and he looks at all of us. You know what he does, bro? And I can hear him listening to like rap music. Like he's into like ghetto music, you know? Yeah. And he looks at, he takes a look at all of us and he literally laughs at all of us. Yeah. Like just laughs at all of us in our face. Because you know why? Because in his head, he knew he was going to win the comp. Yeah, he was just confident. <laughs> and I'm just like, you bastard. I'm like, you're good though. <laughs> and then what happened was the draw had come out. And then I fought my mates from the other countries. They were like, because Joe Parker, Joe Parker come up to me. He goes, oh, bro, yeah. you got, he goes, he goes, oh, so you got freaking Lomachenko. I go, shut up, Joe. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, I'm being serious. I goes, don't fuck around with me, bro. I look at the draw. I was like, we sell Lomachenko versus Lomachenko. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. How's it, how's it work? Is it like a, kind of a round robin, is it? <laughs> yeah, so it's like a knockout, but at the time they seeded it. So because I was I was with Tonga, so obviously he was ranked number one in order countries that don't do well, they got seeded against the top seeds. But I, I I got him, but I was in a tough draw because in that draw, if I had beaten Lomachenko, I had Jose Ramirez. Robson Karnakal, whatever his name is. And and those guys, uh, Jose Ramirez is a world champion now. And um, Robson Karnakal, he actually beat him and then they reversed the decision and gave the win back to Lom- Lomachenko. Oh, jeez. So, but he, he ended up winning a gold medal at Rio Olympics. So the draw I was in, it was like all world champions, man. Like regardless, if I had beaten Lomachenko, I would have had to be uh, Jose Ramirez. And, you know, so now when I look back, it's like, you know what? Well, I was one of the best because I took on the best in the world and I had the right because I, I was good. Bro, no one can argue with that, Lomachenko. Yeah. <laughs> if you Lomach- been ring with that guy. Yeah, and then I get in and he's giving me this little pennant and he's like, he says that, fuck, he's like Terminator. Man. He's like, good luck or some shit. Like, in his <laughs> Ukrainian voice, I'm like, this guy is stockier than me. He's dark. He's actually darker than me. He's freaking got the terminal. I was like, shit, man. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm moving with the best. <laughs> and then I got hit. I got stopped in the first, at the end of the round in the first round with a body shot. And I was actually doing good. At the end of the fight, when they actually showed the points, it was only beating me 4-2. And I was like... So it was, it was closer than you thought, huh? Yeah, it was closer than what I thought. 
So that now it goes to relates to my coaching now. That I've fought the best and I know what fighting a legend is like. That's the confidence I give to my students. It's like it doesn't matter who they are. When I look back, they're just a, they're just another guy with two arms, two legs, and a heartbeat. I go, you guys can do it. That's why that's the that's the rich experience I've got from fighting him, and that's how I train my students because I know what it's like to fight a legend, and it's it's not that scary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. What's to do, bro? What's to do with kids, man? It must be good to see people walk in, bro. I see it with my own gym, man. You know, people walk in, they're not confident, and then. As they progress, man, their confidence, they're just a different person, man. Yeah, like, especially, like, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I think, uh, I think, like, especially, like, a sport like boxing, I think the confidence extruviates because you have to believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you, if, if you, don't, if you don't believe in yourself, then why are, you, why are you doing it? You know what I'm saying? And that's what I think because you have to have that self-belief and it's, like anything in life, hey, you gotta like believe in it. Even when no one believes in you, you gotta have your own back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I tell my students, I go, freaking, you know, your your closest haters will be your family, your friends, and that. But like, even when they don't believe in you, you have to you have to build that self belief. And it is belief is a, it'll take you a long way because you're so used to being around negative people that it becomes custom in your mind, and it's like, oh, you can't do that. So you tell yourself you can't do that. Where I wasn't that type because I'm an introvert anyway. I don't like being around people, so I don't get it leaked. I, I don't get latched on, or they don't leak on to me. And that was another reason why I won my medal at the Commonwealth Games because the boys in my team that were a bit nervous, I just didn't want to hang around them because it gets contagious. And yeah. then after I told them, I go, I couldn't hang around you guys because you guys kept having negative thoughts. Because when you're in the village and you see boxers doing paddock, yeah, fuck, it's intimidating. It's fucking very intimidating. And you're like, holy shit. And I'm a fan of the sport. I'm like, whoa, that guy's good. My first opponent, fuck, I seen him hit pads. I was like, holy shit, this guy's good. But I was like, but I'm better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's the attitude I had. And I give them that respect. You know what I'm saying? But you got you have, you have to believe in yourself. Bro, what sacrifices did you make, man, back then? It would have been tough, bro. Like, <clears> out and stuff. I can't like, even imagine how many times you would have had to say no to that shit. Yeah, like, your food, yeah. um, party. I wasn't. I didn't really like parties, but like hanging out with your mates, unless like they were successful. Um, what else? I, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend until late, so yeah. I, I couldn't have no missus. Um, it was a lot of things, man. Like, but but like anything, sacrifice is a big one because um, if there's too many shiny objects, and then you don't concentrate on that one ultimate goal you're trying to get to, and then and it's hard. And every amateur boxer knows when they're trying to make it money. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't get paid in the amateurs. Um, you know, trying to find sponsors. Sponsors don't even sponsor you anyway. They go sponsor, but they might give you like supplements, but that doesn't help you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So the money side, but um, when I, before I went to my first Commonwealth Games, I didn't. I literally trained at a park for like four months. Didn't have no gym, no bag, and I didn't even box for two years. So I literally rocked up the Commonwealth Games after two years, trained at a park, and like had four fights, win a medal, and lost to Josh Taylor in the semis. You That's know, so. Yeah, bro. Like people don't know that story. Like I'm like, yeah, I didn't from 2008 to 2010. I didn't even have a fight. I just trained at a park. I was probably like at 75 kilos. Four months, five months out, I dropped down to 58. I literally just trained at a park, no bag, no nothing. And then been obsessed, eh? Yeah, man. Because in my head, every sit up, every lap I ran, and in, my trick is when it gets hard, I just close my eyes. And I try to think of that inner peace, even though when I'm pushing and I try to think, you know, I'm not going to be like this forever. You know, this is, 
this pain is only temporary, you know what I'm saying? But the ultimate goal is to get on that podium, you know, to change my life around. That's how, that's how deep it was, you know? I don't know what it was like for the other athletes, but for me, it, it had more meaning. That's why, like, I had to change my life because my the sacrifices my parents made for us to come over, it had to pay then, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise, everything was in vain. Good on you, bro. It's good to see shit happening for you too, man. Mm. And yeah. now, and then now, it's like good. Like every decision you guys will make, and in your life, every hard decision or that defines you later on during the years. Now, like all the hard work that I had put in, and all the sacrifice, and not eating, and not and going to parties, and this and that, it's all paying off. Like you know, I got two properties. I bought myself a Porsche. Um, I'm planning to buy another. I want to upgrade in the next couple years, maybe a Lamborghini in the next four years. Like I'm dreaming, it's you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, bro, because you say it to the wrong people and they're like, you're fucking, bro, this guy's yeah. like, I'm fucking on another planet. And I was like, that's fine, man. Because when I used to say shit, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own a gym, they're like, yeah, whatever. But then, yeah, man, I see the same people now I see him, and they're like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck, I don't forget, bro. Don't give me that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to, like, you got to, like, remind them, hey, like, remember when you fucking said this and then, and then when it pays off, that's when they burn. And I like that. I'll get, I'll get gratification out of that. But, like, now no one doubts like what I do because I've seen what I'm doing. So I'm like, don't ever question my my mindset, my hustle, and whatever I'm doing. Because if I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah, I love that, bro. And you got that little thing. I don't know what it is, bro. It's that thing inside me. Like people say, how are you so, how are you so energetic, and how are you so motivated? Yeah. But I'm not fucking motivated, but I can't afford not to be. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. And and it's just it's just all a mindset, bro. That's what I mean. Like I'll get up every morning. I'll listen to something positive or I'll read something uh. positive. Um, bro, what do you do, man, to get yourself in a state, bro? Do you listen to audio? Do you listen to music? Or just before we wrap up, listen- bro, what's, what's something that gets you going? I'll li- either I'll listen to music. My, I'll tell you my favorite song. Every day I get up and I know I'm hustling, but my favorite song that I listen to and I play every single day is Forget About Dre. For, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a banger. <laughs> Yeah, so that song, every time I get in my car and I play that song all the fucking time, it tees me up because I can relate to that. And another song I like listening to is Mockingbird by Eminem, how he's like, oh, yeah, about how he had no money. I can relate to that. My missus hates it when I listen to it. I'm like, no, I listen to this because it relates to me because I'm like, I've been through that struggle, you know, like, but it paid off in the end anyway. So, but like, and another thing is, like, I watch, um, I like watching like clips on top sports athletes and business people like how they've made it and another way i g myself up is i'm always hanging around the best athletes or the best business people because i want to pick brains on what they do and why they're successful i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take advice from a homeless guy how to be rich you know what i'm saying (laughs) so like and you'll see a lot of people that's what they're doing they they're trying to ask the homeless guy how to be rich you know just like in an analogy you know what i'm saying like you got to learn from those who have actually done it and you got to be around that I tell my clients and members, I go, look at your top five mates and you tell me those top five, if they're good for you or not. Do they lift you or do they bring you down? If they bring you down, they're toxic, get rid of them like cancer. You know what I'm saying? So that's why like, I hang with the best, I, I network with the best because you gotta, you got to be around that people if you want that kind of lifestyle and you want that kind of um, that reward. You want to be successful. That's how, that's how you learn. You know what I'm saying? People like... I know I'm going to get haters and this and that, but I don't give a fuck because they don't even pay my bills anyway. I do me and that's it. Yeah, that's it, man. hundred percent. But, and like, even like, I've, I've had mentors, man, you know, business mentors, coaches and stuff. 
so many people are like, man, what are you paying for? And I'm like, man, it's different. Like, yeah, I, I go to the States a few times a year for, for events and stuff. And my mentor sits in, he's like, bro, there's one guy in Australia doing nutrition, bro. You're the next one. You huh. train. But like, I think I'm doing more than I'll go. Then I'm like, bro, this guy's moving at a pace that I've never seen before, bro. Yeah. And they fucking pull it out of you, bro. That's what people don't understand. When you're around those people, it's different, bro. Uh. And you're not going to get that at the local pub like I used to, bro. I was there, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying, like, like, the pub's good, bro. But if you want to constantly push and chase something, you've got to be around those people, bro. So, man, I'm with you 100% there, man. Yeah, and that's what it is. It was like um, my mate that plays for soccer is Aaron Moy. Um, oh, yeah, he's a great bro. Yeah, so, like, we used to... When he was at the Wanderers, we would literally hang out every Saturday night. And um, I remember this, uh, like it was yesterday, we went to um, Pancakes on the Rocks in Parramatta. And he was, he was a bit like, you know, we were having dinner and he was like, um, I'm like, what are you doing? And he was telling me he was already going to Melbourne City. And I'm like, all right. And I go, I go what's your ultimate goal, bro? Because I think Aaron liked hanging around me because I was a positive influence. Because Aaron's very quiet, you know, and you'll see in his interviews, he hates talking. He's getting better now. Yeah. But, um, and I said to him, what do you want to do, bro? I go, write down now, write like what you want to do. How many goals and how many assists? And then over the two seasons in Melbourne, he smashed everything. Then he ended up, and he, but his goal was to make EPL. I go, Dream Big, tell me now, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to play English Premier League. I'm like, all right, what do we got to do? What do you got to do to get there? He goes, I got to get this many goals like the next season and this and that. And he ended up doing it, man. You know, like it's just, even though he's an athlete in his own right, he, he was still coming to a guy like me to try and get that influence, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm thankful that he did, like, we did hang out and we had those times together because now he's, he's living over there. But it's huge, bro. He, and he, yeah, and he's, and, he, and he's a very emotional guy. And I used to, he used to hate it when he used to get trolls, you know? And then I used to, I used to gym. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys trolling on you? I go, you're the professional. They're just professional with their thumbs. I go, don't worry <laughs> about them because, you know, he had that. You know, he let that social media get to him. Like, fuck him all, bro. Now he's got that mental attitude. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, you know, he's where before he used to be like, yeah, he used to be in the cave, like crying stuff. I'm like, bro, hard enough. But he's, <laughs> got, <laughs> he's got that from you, bro. Yeah. Now he's like, now he's like confident. He's making the money he wants. He's doing very well. And I'm, I'm proud. And I'm proud to see him do well. That's huge, bro. <laughs> the lame of <laughs> That's I think he need, I think he needed a loud guy. Like, I think that's what it was. He needed a loud guy like me to talk for him because he never talked anyway. So I see, it, bro. You got mad energy, bro. You always laughed at me, like, bro. <laughs> well, bro, what were you like at school, man? Class clown, loud, or always having? No, nah, I was no, nah, I was quiet. I was more of like um, I was quiet, but like I had like I was I was good. I was good with everyone. I was quiet, um, but I think everyone knew like I was on onto something, you know, like. If it came to sports and athletics and everything, first, first, first. And then when they knew I took boxing serious, they knew I was like the real deal. But they didn't know how how big I was going to go, you know what I'm saying? So years later when I see them, it's good. They come and they acknowledge. And, you know, it's funny when you see them when they all doubted you, you know, back then. And they're like, holy shit, you actually made something of yourself, you know? I'm like, yeah, what do you think I was fucking doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially um, when I dropped out of school. So, okay. yeah. Good on you, bro. I love the energy, man. All right, Loma, just wrapping up, bro. Like, what have you got for people listening, man? Like, whereabouts do you train? If people want to link up with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so, and what, and yeah. what's one piece of advice you give to any kids? Right, so, so um, if I had to give any advice, man, like, if,
dream dream big and and have the faith and the hard work work ethic to to get the job done it doesn't matter and and, and like i always say and i always say this just be the best version of yourself doesn't matter what you do like be the best version you know like if you're giving your best that's all we can ask for you know what i'm saying like if you want to be a multimillionaire, there's no book in life that says that you can't when you have found this book please pass it to me that tells me i can't all right because i tell this to everyone i go you know if i've slept on a concrete ground for two years I had to eat chicken every night, the the, uh, the pre-cooked chicken at Woolies, and I've turned my life around and I've had the big goals. There's no book in life that says that you can't do anything, all right? Unless the Bible says that you can't, yeah. all right? But they say anyone can do anything. Your your mind is, the way your mind works is, if 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 you can create the thought and process in your mind, that's the that's the destiny you're going to create in the near future, you know what I'm saying? But, but the hustle is so separate. So, just be the best version of yourself and fucking go for it. There's no book in life that says that you can't. Um, and anyway, so the plug-in, so you got my, I think my content's going viral and freaking, so I got my, uh, it's on Instagram, uh, I'm sure Matt will plug it in. Yeah. Um, and you can just private message me. I love the private messages or on my Facebook as well. Um, I'm at Cabramatta PCYC, uh, boxing in, but, Message me anyway, but yeah, there's a lot of good content. It's not just boxing. I'm, I'm trying to educate guys who want to better themselves. You know, I'm not, I'm not about negativity and I'm not about the hate and this and that. If, if you want to be the best person, then you better follow my content and I'll try my best, even if it's on social media, to bring that out of you. Yeah, guys, he, he teaches you how to walk down an alleyway and walk back with two wallets, not one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Loma, yeah, thanks, brother. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Loma, thanks, brother. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, bro. Easy. <laughs>